Have you ever had a Muslim tell you that not all people have souls? Let's talk about how we can respond. Come debrief with us. Hey, I'm Lexi, and joining me as always are Seth and Ethan, and we're debriefing pro-life outreach. Seth, give us an outreach highlight from this week. Sure. So we were at Columbus State Community College last week, and honestly, this is a really sad highlight that I had to share uh, because I was talking to a young girl. I'll call her April, and you were there, Ethan. I was there, At Columbus State. Lexi, you were not, but April, you could tell just from looking at her that she had had a challenging life, and she really did. She told me all about her childhood trauma being abused by her parents and you could see how that played out in her current life she told me that an abortion saved her life mm-hmm. and i asked her what she meant by that and she explained that she had been in an abusive relationship with a guy and um, you could see the pattern of her childhood playing out and the way she got out of that relationship was by aborting her child and she still said today that saved her life it put her on a new trajectory where today she's married to a man that she said is a good man and so that abortion saved her and interestingly i'm not sure what you two this is like a big side note but um you know, I spent a little time talking about her abortion with her, but then I pretty quickly started asking her about her experience because she kept saying, like, what happened to her was very wrong and bad, but she also clearly rejected God. And so I asked yeah. her, explain that to me in your atheistic worldview. If, like Richard Dawkins, leading atheist, says in an atheistic world there's no purpose, design, no good or evil, how can you use the word evil about your childhood? And watching her kind of work through that, um, many of our listeners, I hope, will understand that our conversations are focused on abortion, but the bigger worldview questions are so connected to it. And that's where I went with her pretty quickly because that was fruitful. And it was just so sad to me. I mean, by the end, she was kind of admitting, yeah, I see how your Christianity can make sense of my experience, but she still doesn't want to believe in God. And that was my highlight. It's a low light maybe, but it was a highlight because it was a meaningful moment with her, with April. So I guess, please pray for April. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a highlight in the fact that you actually got to speak to her and share the truth with her, um, even if she didn't seem like she was accepting it now. She's probably never heard um, the Christian perspective, or at least a Christian perspective of what happened to her, spoken to her with such mm, clarity, I guess, because I feel like, you know, sometimes maybe people have the wrong idea of what the Christian perspective is. But when you actually have a one-on-one conversation with somebody like you, who she could ask questions back to, could talk it out. You were open, letting her share her experience, weren't like uh, condemning her for anything. Yeah, and I think it just connects so well to like a lot of what we debrief about because I think people so often assume things, like they assume human equality. They don't think through the implications of that. So if I believe all humans are equal, oh, I should be opposed to abortion. If I believe evil is real, oh, there must be good, which means there must be a God. We don't think through those conclusions. Mm -hmm. So I think that it all shows, again, our inability to think consistently and why we have to be on the streets talking to people to connect the dots for them. Mm. Well, and you know what? I think that's going to play a lot into the clip that we are going to be debriefing today. It's actually from Ella, one of our summer interns from this past summer. She joined us for one of our road trips in Chicago. And so this was at the University of Illinois, Chicago. And she was talking to a Muslim who was, well, I guess you'll find out in the clip where he stood on who hustles, who does not, Mm. and when he supported abortion and when he thought, according to his religion, it was wrong. I've talked to a lot of Muslims, and they all say, not all, I've heard many, many different things from Muslims saying, this is what my religion says, and it's all contradictory to each other. So I'm wondering, who's the authority in the Muslim, like, 
community to like give that understanding. A lot of people say like 40 days, people say heartbeat, people say like all these different things, 90 days. I've heard like 120 days maybe even from Muslims. And I'm like, where are y'all getting these from? Interesting. But it's something to, to discuss after this, but let's just get into the clip right now. I, I don't, I don't say that like three days after conception, I don't think it's alive. I would draw the line at like 40 days, maybe 60 days, you know? Um, like once it starts having organs, I don't know the whole anatomy of it, the stages and all that, but I'm pretty sure it's at like 40 days or 60 days or something like that. Once it starts to grow organs and once it has a heartbeat and stuff like that, then I'd say it's alive and you can't kill it. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, do you think that our organs is what gives us our human value? No, I think the soul is what gives us our human value. Okay, well, then why does having organs or not really have a difference, right? I'm a Muslim, and the scholars basically agree that based on, like, the source that, that they get it from, the Hadith and the Quran and stuff like that, they basically agree that, like, at this point, this is when the angel puts the soul into the okay. feed. This is when it's living, therefore this is when it has a soul. Um, yeah, I don't think it's as early as conception, and I don't think it's as late as whatever, you know. Okay. So, yeah, hmm. he he didn't even really know exactly. He was giving us 40 days, 60 days as to when abortion is wrong, but he didn't it gives really new meaning under- to 40 days for life. It's 40 days until life, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, Seth. That's, that's very good. Thank you. <laughs> but it was interesting that he said they don't have a soul up until that point. But I, what I found even more interesting than that was his openness <clears throat> To say, I don't really know, like, when the organs and stuff develop, but, like, maybe around, like, 40 days, 60 days, like, there's, like, a heartbeat, which is, like, I'm just so, why are you even saying any of this if you have no idea what you're talking about? Have you ran into this, like... They're giving you all these numbers, but I think it's not based in even what they believe. It's just, like, it just sounds like the number 40 just really sounds good to me today. Yeah. I've definitely come across that a lot where I'll be talking to people and I hear things coming out of their mouth and I'm like, none of that is correct. Are you just grabbing random numbers for stages of development out of thin air? Because none of those, none of those are correct. Yeah. I think, I think they are really grabbing it out of thin air. I don't think he really knows. and I don't think he really cares. But what I found interesting was like, I was like, okay, well, if you're going to advocate for, it's okay to abort whatever you think this may be a possible human, a human without a soul, whatever. If you're going to advocate, yes, it's okay to abort them, but you don't know who they are. That's a pretty reckless thing to advocate for. Yeah, totally. I mean, like if this, I don't know. I mean, if our office were, they were condemned, they were going to blow it up. They wouldn't blow it up without being sure there's no one inside yet, right? They wouldn't leave us recording in the GoPro closet. They'd come get us out yeah. first. Exactly. Right. You, if you don't know, you shouldn't take the action that's going to ki- potentially kill something. We have more we we do know, but even if you didn't know, you shouldn't take the action that would potentially kill. And I think this points to something that, I mean, obviously I don't know this guy and so I don't want to attribute something that isn't true to him or true for him, but I think this just goes to show that he may not really care about preborn children, even if they have, they're past the 40 or 60 days or whatever that mm-hmm. his religion indicates when they have a soul. I don't think he may even care about those human beings as much as he does as 
born human beings, because if he really did even care about them, he would make sure that no human being with a soul in the womb in his mind were being aborted. But mm. with his ability to just say, I don't know, maybe it's 40, maybe it's 60. What if it is 60 or what if it is 40 and he's advocating for 60, then children for 20 in the 20 day range where they already are with, with a soul and with all this stuff, they're being killed. So I don't think he really cares that much. So I think that's why he can just throw out these numbers. I don't know. What do you think about that, Seth? I think that's exactly right. Because if, let's say he, I don't know, right, if he believed at 40 or 60, whatever it may be, days, abortion were literally murder, he wouldn't just say, yeah, maybe, I don't know. He would be advocating against it. He's not advocating very much at all here, right? He's just speaking about an issue he really gives, seems to care very little for. Mm -hmm. I think you're exactly right. So it points to, again, Yes, there's an intellectual problem here, a misunderstanding of when human life begins. But there's more also just this general, I don't really care. Because whether it may be the issue is so cloaked in mystery, no one knows the reality when life begins, whatever it may be, he feels feels no pressure to take a hard position on it. Mm -hmm. So then the question becomes, do we really have a soul? At 40 days after fertilization. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And also before. before, Yeah, yeah, I guess that wasn't. Well, I'm a little confused because so maybe you can clarify this for me because I think it's so important to keep categories clear. Right. So whether you have a soul and whether something is living is not exactly the same thing because trees are living. I don't think trees have souls. Maybe someone could come at me on that. But he, he did say initially like they're not alive. Then he said, which when L asked the great question about, well, do our organs give us value? Because mm-hmm. he was saying orga- we don't have organs at that point. Yeah. The question was such a great response. But then he eventually, at the end, he said this, like he said, this is when they're alive and thus they have a soul. Sure. Connecting the dots, right? Yeah. Saying if you're a living human, you must have a soul. So I don't know if I really understand his position anyway. Does he really believe they are alive without a soul or they're really not alive? But when they become alive at 40 days, then they have a soul. Because that would be actually really close to our position saying any living human has a soul. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I follow where he's going. Did you guys get that? Again, I don't think he necessarily cares. Uh-huh. I think sure. he's like, uh, I trust the scholars. They say these things, so I'm just going to go with it. Uh, and so, like, I take a pause at that because I'm like, there are a lot of things in Christianity that I, the people that I look up to, I trust what they're saying. Obviously, I can go back to the Bible and verify what they're saying. So I do that too. But there are some things that are just so far above my head. And I feel like maybe for him, the when human beings get souls in his mind is like just too far above him Mm -hmm. and so he's just trusting what other people so like i can kind of understand where he's coming from where he just it's just he thinks it's too far above his Mm -hmm. like abilities to grasp when human beings have souls obviously though i think he's extremely wrong in his view of uh religion and his view of god and everything else so it's not you know, very comparable to Christianity, but I can kind of relate to him. So I would love to be able to talk to him and be like, okay, I understand this is what you're, you've been taught. This is what you've been told, but now let's try to make sure what you've been taught is true. And let's even make sure you're, you're believing what, what Islam is teaching. Because again, I've talked to many people who follow Islam who is that? How you say it? Is mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Cause I, I'm, I always get confused. Which should I say, Muslim or Islam? I guess Muslim is a person. Is the mm-hmm. anyways? Yeah. And who have said no? All abortion is very wrong. Yeah. 
So, and I'm sure in probably countries that are under Islamic rule and law, they probably don't have abortions at all, right? I think they do. I think really? Muslims make okay. exception for abortion in case of rape. Oh, but I know they killed people who... They kill people who it are victims of rape. Yeah. So country. There are different rules and laws okay. Okay. depending on how they're okay. But still, like, I mean, also, connect the dots to us. I mean, not to expose all four of us, including producer Maggie, but we are all four Christians, right? Yeah. yeah. And we speak to a lot of Christians who have really confused ideas sure. on abortion and what the Bible yeah. says about abortion. So I think your point is right that whether or not the issue is what does he believe? Is he consistent in his worldview? A separate question is, is he consistent with the Muslim worldview, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a, two different questions. Yeah. And I guess what's easy, I mean, everybody out there, like, I obviously, I don't know everything about Islam and we, none of us know everything about every religion and the people that we're coming in contact with. It's all, it's good to know some things, but it's better to know your worldview right and have the right worldview so that you can reach out to these people. So, And um, when you're talking to them, make them explain their worldview to you, yeah. sure. right? Because you, we don't have – rear point's so important, Lexi. We're not saying you have to become a Muslim scholar, a scholar of whatever religion it may be you're speaking to. That's good to know those things. That's definitely helpful. But you, when you talk to someone, ask, well, why do you believe that? Explain to me. And probably what happens is they don't really actually understand. Yeah. Again, you ask a lot of Christians, why is the Bible against a slavery or against abortion? A lot of people eyes glaze over. They can't explain. We often have yeah. unexamined worldviews. So you don't have to know. All you have to know is – how to ask them and make them explain to you. Right. Okay, so that's good. So we need to ask questions, like we say, all the time Every on episode, here. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, no, no. That's... Number one tactic. It is number one tactic, especially when you are trying to understand somebody who probably doesn't understand themselves. Uh -huh. So ask questions. I, so, I mean, your question say, you started with saying, like, do we have souls, right? So yeah. are you asking, how do we know that? We have sure. Let's let's cover that because again, yeah, it's that's where it's kind of going. Was it's really important for us to know our worldview so that we can question them and then give them just like you were giving. Oh my goodness, how did I already forget her name at the beginning? You were um, April. Us, April. You were giving April asking her questions, but also giving her the understanding from your worldview. So it's important. Hey, we can ask this guy questions about how he thinks or when he thinks people have souls but then also given the christian worldview hey we believe every single human being is made in god's image we all have souls so i guess you can take that away if you want yeah um so i mean i i guess my first there are like two questions there right so number one would be like how do we justify that all humans have souls and secondly do we need to answer that question to answer whether abortion is right or wrong so i guess um i actually want to begin with the second question if you're okay i'll punt the first question yeah, to that's ethan good. Ethan, you could talk about how we know we have souls. We can maybe banter about that for a bit. But mm -hmm. I, I do think that regard. I think it's kind of an irrelevant question. I think it's important. I don't think it's relevant for whether abortion is right or wrong because the law takes no position on whether college students have souls. And yet the yeah. law would defend that guy at University of Illinois, Chicago, right? Is that the campus? The law would say you may not, you should not kill students at this campus. The law says nothing about whether they have souls. The law protects kinds of things, human beings, bald eagles, right? Certain kinds of things that are protected by the law. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. law doesn't have to say whether we have souls. So I think it's an important question to entertain for his worldview. So we do have to get there. But I don't think the, the law has to resolve that question to, to know that it is wrong to kill sure. kinds of things like human beings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as far as when we know we get a soul, as Christians, we know from Scripture that all human beings are created in God's image and bear his image and a we have a an eternal part of us that soul and i don't think there are any there are no circumstances in the bible where there is any human being who doesn't 
bear that divine image. And I think from that, we can extrapolate that all that is necessary to bear the divine image of our creator is to be a human being. And that would include the unborn because the unborn are their own distinct human self from fertilization. That's a good point. Yeah. And what if you don't do that, Ethan? Like, what if it's not for the Christians, God's image, all humans from their beginning of existence? What if you take them? What, let's say he is giving the Muslim view, which I don't mm-hmm. think he's yeah. giving the exact Muslim view. Yeah, I don't think so. But what, let's say it's, I don't know, what's 40 days? Um, you'd have, uh, let's, let's pick the heartbeat at 16 days because uh-huh. it's easier, right? Yeah. What if the heartbeat, what if that is what gives you a soul? Then would we have, be in the same functionalist trap as always? So if your heart beats more, you have a bigger soul. Or if your heart beats stronger, a bigger right. soul. Like yeah. if your heart stops beating, you lose your soul for a minute, right? Is If it's attached to anything other than the mere kind of thing you are, yeah. you have that same whole problem, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. That the soul, like being human, is just something that is innate to every human being. And the only thing necessary to possess a soul, the image of God, is to be a human being. It's not like you said. You know, if your heart beats more, you have a bigger soul and you have more value. Yeah. If your heart beats less, you know, you have less value because of that. But it is a constant, a constant throughout. Yeah, that's good. I, th- I think that it's also important. For, I don't know. I mean, it's good that he was engaging the religion question because the soul yeah. is not a question of science, right? Mm-hmm. Science could tell us what things are, not the value of things, whether things have personhood or whatever. Science could tell us you are a human being, you are not a human being. It cannot speak to this question of souls. So I guess the other question is then when there is that question where religions disagree like this, mm-hmm. what should the law do? Well, that's what I was about to say. I was going to say the law should line up with science, what we know to be true, and logic, right? And so if we know that scientifically human beings' life begin at fertilization, and we know logically that, well, I guess you could say, I don't know, because well, I was going to say, like, logically, it's you well, kind of like, get into morality. Yeah, that, you do, because behind every law is a moral sure. of yeah. some kind, right? Yes. So the question is, I, it's so silly when people say we shouldn't legislate morality. Definitely. Because we know that you should, actually. Yes. It is very good to say it is wrong for humans to own other humans and treat them like property. That's yeah. moral. So I guess it's not really will you or should you. The question is, whose morality will you enforce, right? Yes. And it's like if we started to create a society which was against, I don't know, like had the silly law that you cannot live in a house or something like that, it would be mm-hmm. miserable for all humans because we need shelter and protection. When you create a society that is departing from reality, mm-hmm. it becomes very dangerous. And so this is where it gets hard because we recognize that there is an objective moral law all people should follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moral relativists have a hard time in, um, enforcing morality because they don't believe there's objective moral law, but we do. And we could say the Muslim and us, we may disagree on certain religious views, but we should hold to an objective moral law that we all have. Right. Now, I would argue it comes from our, for our worldview, not from theirs, but we should agree that there are these objective moral laws that society should follow, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's where we're going to disagree with a lot of people who um, do follow other religions, who want to do other things and want our laws to look very different but if we see how are things playing out when we have laws that protect human beings and we value human equality what is a society is a society going to prosper from that or are they going to harm from that we can even just looking from that sort of uh i agree you're stealing it from the christian worldview but if you're just looking at it how is this impacting people and are people being is it a betterment of people or is it worsening our uh, livelihoods it's 
a good thing when human beings are protected under the law. And so they ought to be protected under the law. We know why they should, because they're all created in God's image. But even if you're not going to agree with me on that, you should at least agree with me that we should do what's right to for the betterment of people. Exactly. So. People often agree with our conclusions, disagree yes. with how we get there, right? right. So yeah. this guy would agree that it's good that society bans killing toddlers. Well, where do you get that? I mean, we're going to have to walk back the worldview, and it probably comes from the Christian, Judeo-Christian worldview, right? Yeah. And fantasize wrong, so on and so forth. But at least we can agree on the conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's really <clears throat> all we need to say about that is if you do talk to somebody who is trying to push back and say, hey, I really only hear this from Muslims that they don't have a soul. Preborn human beings don't have souls until a certain point. Ask them some questions. How do they get to that? I would love to know more about that. Ask them uh, why, what does a soul mean to you and yeah. things like that to really get to understand their worldview. And then also share with them your worldview as well, the Christian worldview, the true worldview. And I think that will help them and you both. So please go leave us a five-star review so more people can find this podcast. That's all we have for you this week. And as always, thank you so much for debriefing with us.